Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we are not in the Barricade Studios. The Barricade is currently at Rockefeller Center looking at a tree. But we do have a special surprise this week because guess who's back? Back from his international tour, the Encyclopedia. Hello, gentlemen. And this is your host for the night, the Devil's Advocate. Well, wanting to welcome the Encyclopedia back, giving a big FU to Freddy for not showing up. No, I'm only kidding. He's spending the evening with his, his family, which is, you know, what people do around the holidays. So that's a good thing. But we have the encyclopedia on hand, so we're going to pick up where we left off when he was gone. He's going he's gonna to go back and comment on everything he ever thought. Yeah, no, he's not going to do that. <laughs> but we do have something in store tonight. We're going to talk about some news. Uh, we have our ECW, Mount Rushmore. I think we're going to drop around Mount Rushmore for a little while after this. But I think I, we've covered pretty much all the, the top topics for that one but if anybody has any suggestions of, of Mount Rushmore as they'd like to for us to cover they can send it in the comments yeah. I know we're a little off what we usually do but so let me talk about you know I usually my one of my topics is deaths and anniversaries and things like that so I don't know if you're aware but uh, we lost Corporal Kirstner yesterday uh, he did die of a heart attack um, little little uh, information about him he was his name was Michael James Penzel um, he wrestled in the World Wrestling Federation. When they lost Sergeant Slaughter, they tried to replace him with Corporal Kirstner. Didn't work out all that well. Was not a hit. Interestingly enough, he made his, his bones really over in Japan and uh, in Stampede as Leatherface. Um, and interestingly enough, when looking through his um, Wikipedia page, all the championships he won, he won, he won the Brass Knuckles Tag Team Championships with Jason the Terrible, which was your Jason Voorhees ripoff. And he won the Wing World Tag Team Championships with Freddy Krueger. So he won all of his championships with some characters from other movies. Um, and I, I thought that was funny. So, um, you know, unfortunately, like I said, he died yesterday. But um, his Wikipedia page gave me a chuckle because when I was looking through his championships, I'm like, what, he didn't win anything with Michael Myers? He didn't, Pinhead didn't uh, have a, you know, they didn't have any matches with Pinhead or anything like that. So, um you know, that's that part of, of today's show. And I know you don't have a gentleman because I know you, you're you pretty much jet lag. So we're going to. I No, I did. I did. Oh, okay, I did. go ahead. Do it. I did. I did but uh, as far as Corporal Kirshner, my own, my lone memory of him was WrestleMania 2 and the flag match that lasted all of like two minutes. Yeah. Uh, Freddie Blassie, for those of you that don't remember, Freddie Blassie was managing Nikolai Volkov, his opposition for the night. Went to throw the cane into Nikolai Volkov, who was. Standing behind Corporal Kirshner, so I don't know how he thought he was going to make that throw, but Kirshner intercepted it, nailed him, took the pin, and walked out. It was like such a joke. Well, but. Freddie Lassie was probably 100 at that time, so <laughs> well, forgive him if his aim wasn't very good. Yeah, very true. So, uh, no, my, so, gentlemen, tonight we're getting extreme with the extreme championship wrestling Mount Rushmore. And I just realized it did Vince and Heyman. That I was, was going to say that sounded more like a Vince than a Heyman, but I'll, I'll give it to you. Nah, don't give me that. <laughs> don't <laughs> give me any stop. credit for How's that. that. All right. But anyway, but so, anyway uh, looks like most of what we want to talk about this week has to do with AEW. Yeah, let's, why don't we start there. So um, last night during Dynamite, if you missed it, Kyle O'Reilly joining... AEW, and exactly, Freddie and I were talking about this. I'm sure you were thinking it a couple weeks ago. But when they, they, when we said if Kyle O'Reilly comes in, who does Adam Cole align with? Right. Mm-hmm. 
does he go back to his undisputed roots? Does he stay with the Young Bucks? And if he stays with the undisputed, I mean, there you got a Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus the undisputed Air feud, which could go on for months and could really be great. I mean, you really got the potential to have a great feud there. So what do you think about that? I was surprised at how quickly they were already hinting at dissension. And Adam Cole kind of looked over his shoulder at the Young Bucks and then kind of signaled to O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, let's go, we're out of here. So I was I was surprised at how quickly they were going with the whole undisputed faction right off the bat. So it should be interesting. Uh, it's also interesting where Adam Cole, it's like two different characters. Like he's more of a goofball when he's in the Young Bucks and part of the Super Click where it's more serious when he was with O'Reilly and Fish. So I'm intrigued. I'm also wondering what they're going to call themselves because we heard the Undisputed chance. Obviously, they can't call themselves Undisputed Era, so are they going to call themselves The Undisputed or something fun like that? Some sort of play on words? Like, I'm fully expecting them to do some sort of play on words just because AEW seems to like to rip on WWE wherever they can. But it sh- should be fun. And actually, I didn't even think about that six-man match you suggested, a uh, trios match. That that would be really intriguing. Uh, take it to the next level. You said build it up for several months. Maybe you kept it. They cap it off with a six-man elimination tag team well, match. I mean, just think about all the singles matches, the tag team matches, the trios matches. I mean, if they play it smart, they could run it out of several months. Yeah, they can. Right? And I hope they do. I really do. I think it's, um, you know, I, we always talk about how loaded the AEW roster is. Um, but... It, you know, like some like Kyle O'Reilly, I'm like I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of him on his own, but certainly with Cole and Fish, I'm I'm all in. I just wonder, you know, I know I'm gonna say it again. I've said it before, I'm gonna say it again. I know you hate the whole trios idea, but I mean there's another trio. You know? So I mean <laughs> we're now we're now up to about what, fifteen or sixteen trios that you could throw together and really have some interesting matches if you choose to. And it wouldn't be with, with Cole and Omega. The, the trios title wouldn't really be a step down for anyone. It would actually be whoever beats the Undisputed Era. I don't want to call them that till they have a name. But whoever beats the Elite kind of has, you know, gets a, gets a push from that, right? I mean, if Jungle Boy and uh, what's his name, Luchasaurus and you know, and Christian beat them, I mean, that's a that's a boon to whoever beats them. So I'm gonna again lobby for the trios title. And. Uh, my thing with the trios title is not that I have a problem with them necessarily trying it. It's just that I don't see it boosting AEW Rampage ratings. That's all. That's where I stand on that. I'm not against it. Um, actually, that brings up an interesting point, though. We haven't seen AEW on the tag team division go with the Freebird rule for traditional tag team champions. Would you have a problem if they ever did something like that? Oh, no. Nope. I, I, I think every... If there's a six-man crew who, or three-man crew who wins tag team title, it should be free bar crew all the time. I don't have a problem with that at all. I always like that. It brings a little, uh, a little unpredictability to a, a show that you might be able to predict. Like, you know, like when you day in wrestle, you wouldn't know if you were getting what combination you were getting. Right? Um, yeah. So I don't have a problem with it at all. Yeah, and for those of you that are wondering... That's a reference to the Fabulous Freebirds when they were tag team champions. Um, I know some of you probably think, no, it was Zack, Smash, and Crush Demolition. No, sorry, Freebirds yeah, did it first. Freebirds did it in the 70s. So, 
Yeah. 70s, early 80s, yeah. So, I, you know, uh, to, just to, to back up for a minute, I know your comment about you don't think the ratings were going to kick. I, you, were, you were referring to the intergender wrestling conversation we were having. Mm-hmm. That, whereas you didn't, have a, you didn't have a really problem with it. You didn't think it was going to boost ratings. So, in your opinion, I believe what you said is you thought it'd be better booking would boost ratings rather than, quote unquote, gimmicks. Right. Right. And I could see that point. I mean, I don't think you're totally wrong on that. I'm just thinking having those additional, whether it be trios or intergender, it gives you booking options. I'm just curious what happened between last week and this week, because when I when I was read last week, you said it's the encyclopedia. He's wrong. Well, you're still wrong. You're still always wrong. <laughs> let's just let's just cover something. You're always wrong. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't need I shouldn't have to say it. Um, did you listen to last week's show? I did. Did you uh, uh, just as a quick sidebar? What did you think about my Ric Flair comment? I you guys both picked Ric Flair to be one of your WCW uh, Mount Rushmore guys, and I said Ric Flair sh- isn't really wasn't really a WCW mainstay as much as an NWA mainstay. And the time frame I pointed out kind of put Flair in the like the A minus category. He wasn't an A plus player. So what do you think about that? I I didn't agree. I know he wasn't necessarily there at 91, but don't forget, he started off 91 in WCW. WCW probably doesn't come into existence without NWA. And honestly, everybody's Mount Rushmore said people that were in NW or WCW the whole reign through. I think Sting was the only one. So Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, I, it's kind of hard to pick because everybody started somewhere else for the most part. I don't recall it being mentioned. I know, I in my mind, an honorable mention for me would have been Vader, but I can't even make an argument that he even he was a top four. You know what I mean? And and there's a few of them that are kind of like borderline. Do you, if you say Flair, do you say Arn Anderson? Technically, he was there the entire time for the most part until right. retirement. You know, th- th- there's a few out there that could be. Eh. Yeah, but uh, I just I didn't agree with your opinion on flair but i thought you made a compelling argument why you didn't so i didn't have a problem with that either yeah i mean you and freddie both picked flair as one of your guys and my my dispute was that was the time frame Mm -hmm. that flair was there for part of the time and then when he came back he was not a an a plus player um you know the four horsemen and all that were kind of pushed to the foreground in some cases they weren't maining event main event he wasn't main inventing all the time but all right that's last week's conversation like i said you're always wrong so we can move on from there we did get one source of feedback from one of our listeners on one of our recent lists. So let's bring Sweet. that. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's bring that back up. And it had to do with WCW Mount Rushmore picks. Okay, so this came from Comics Ronin, um, who's actually my coworker, Jason, who's become a good friend. Thanks, uh, Jason. So thank you, Jason, for your feedback. So first he said, uh, basically, my Rushmore would be, and I think you're going to have some problems with this, Sting. DDP, which I think you named DDP, which he's one that he he's he's a borderline for me. I but I got no problems there. Um, here's the two that I think might surprise you: Rey Mysterio Jr. Yeah, no, and Booker T. Booker T. You could make an argument for Booker T. I think Freddie. I think Freddie did make an argument for Booker T. Um, but Rey Mysterio, no, not even close. I was surprised. So he goes on. Steiner was a toss up for that last spot. So I literally flipped a coin between him and Booker T. Honorable mentions, Chris Jericho and Goldberg. Jericho, because people seem to love him no matter how inconsequential the company seemed to insist on making him. And then Goldberg was huge, but he never felt he got the organic love that those four guys that he named received from the fans. 
I the Mysterio one, I I could agree with the DDP Booker T. I'm not sold on because I feel like he really became a player almost at the end when they were in their dying days. But he was there through that time period with Harlem Heat, so I don't have a problem with that. The Ray Mysterio Jr. one, I I agree with you absolutely not. And Scott Steiner, I've never put on the list, not because. I have any problem putting him on the list, but every time he used to flex, it looked so unnatural. I honestly wanted to regurgitate every time I saw him. Well, I mean, but you know, as far as Jason's list goes, like I said, Ray Mysterio is the only one I would I would totally argue about. You know, I don't think you could make even make a case for him. He was a he was not a major player in WCW at all. Yeah, um, you could make a better case for him in ECW than WCW. Yeah. So, all right, but I, you know, that's why it's a debate, and that's why it's fun, and and you know, it's I like I said, I wish, I wish you were here for those because I think the shows would have been twice as long because we would have fought all night long about some of our choices because we were like we, I think we all agreed that Sting was one of the guys, and then all the rest of them were kind of up for debate. I think Freddie and I picked DDP, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you can make a case. I think it's interesting that none of us picked Hogan. I um, did. Oh, you did. That's right. I, well, I guess Hogan. you're always wrong. So, all right. So, all right, so uh, back to AEW. Let's finish up that conversation, and then we'll, we'll, we'll give our lists. I was going to say, talk, talking about some debates here. So I, I, I was curious. What, um, there's a lot of shows coming up the next several weeks. We, we have Rampage on Christmas. You know, we have Dynamite moving to a new network. So we already got Dynamite and Rampage. We got Battle of the Belts now coming up in a couple weeks. Is AEW starting to oversaturate themselves in your mind? Um, I mean, I don't think they're oversaturating. I don't know what the naming of all the shows are for. You know, like Holiday Hell was this week. You know what I mean? Like, why do we have to name go give the shows all these special names? Yeah, well, and I, re- I remember complaining about that a while ago. I think for me, what's throwing what I'm struggling with, we have Battle of the Belts in a few weeks, but yet the TNT titles on the line this Saturday on Rampage, which we're going to discuss. Now, but I'm not. I'll give you a spoiler alert on that before we go there because that was already taped, folks. Um, I'm willing to bet most of you will listen to this after that airs. Um, but we got Battle of the Belts. We know the TNT titles on the line this week. We know for a fact the AEW title is going to be on the line literally three days before the Battle of the Belts. So. What's going on here? Why are you having these title matches on Rampage and Dynamite when you got this Battle of the Belts card that's really screaming like a Night of Champions? And I think they had plugged it as this is their answer to Clash of Champions and Night of Champions. I don't did personally they, get it. Did they name sh- uh, matches for Battle of the Belts? I believe the only one, I'll double check, I know Brick Baker versus Riho has been announced. The Battle of the Belts, to me, sounds like they're all going to be championship matches, right? That's what I would think. And that's why when they announced Danielson page two for just three nights before, I was like, are you going to have that belt on the line three days later? That just seems well, I, a little odd to me. I think they named it then because they want to give the match the necessary time. And if you put it on, if you put it on a show with other, with other title matches, they're all going to get short-shifted. Yeah, that could be part of it. I think the other thing is they feel like they have to put make some sort of mark on the TBS era, which I'm a little curious. TBS, to me, is always screamed as a channel more for comedy. So AEW, I feel like, is a more... I know they have their goofing off, and I complain about it sometimes, but I feel like AEW is a more serious product that it should have stayed on TNT. So this NHL deal, I think, is kind of shooting dynamite uh, a little bit. But 
the other side of the coin is I think I've heard that TBS has a higher clearance than TNT, which surprises me because I know growing up, TNT was available in every home where I came from. TBS was not until no, like, much no, later. No, I, I, I was the other way around for me. My cousin couldn't get TBS in Edison, and it was only the next town over. Right. Well, then that was the boat I was in. I couldn't get TBS, but I got TNT. No, he got he couldn't get TNT. Oh, okay. But he everybody got TBS. I had TBS when I moved out to Jersey. Okay. That's one of the few channels I could actually get, you know, cable wise. Hmm. Um. So maybe they're doing it for that. I don't know, but it's it's I, the NHL deal. Is that what it is? Yeah. And they're never. They just decided they're going to stay on TBS permanently. Then they don't want to switch back and forth. And I don't blame them. I feel bad for. Not just AEW, but even WWE, how many, when they get pre- preempted, it really yeah. bothers the crap out of me. WWE's at a point now that they don't get preempted anymore as much unless it's NXT. But I remember when the Westminster Dog Show, mm-hmm. every August, WWE would get preempted. And then there was something in Tuesday. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. The Westminster Dog Show was, I believe, in February, and it was the U.S. Open Tennis in August. That's that's what it was. And now, T, I mean... AEW, how many weeks did the NBA cause them to get moved on to another night? So at least TBS, maybe there's more stability. The only time I think there might be an issue is during the MLB playoffs. Because for some reason, I was going to say, because Atlanta Atlanta Braves baseball could be a problem. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I'm surprised that they, you know, and Wednesday night is, is is a prime baseball night. Yeah. Like a Tuesday or a Thursday, you may not have a problem with a game. They may be traveling or whatever, but Wednesday is prime baseball night. That's true. So, um, the other thing I thought about this battle of the belts, I thought they missed an opportunity. Is they could have defended, they could have had other promotions defend some belts on their show. Mm-hmm. I think they should have gotten like the Ring of Honor title, maybe ML. If they're going to like work with some of these promotions in the future, yeah, they could have used this this show as kind of a uh, promotional tool to like have a couple other like maybe have a new Japan title defended or something like that just to kind of diversify battle of belts to me sounds like air like in the past when they did battle of the belts they had Georgia belts they had Florida belts they had mid-Atlantic belts that the whole night was all championship matches I think they should have they should have if they're not really gonna have the world champion defend the title that night they should have filled it in with some other matches that are all championship oriented yeah yeah no i agree with you i mean you don't necessarily i mean battle of the belts indicates belts will be on the line you could have just done champion versus champion from different promotions like you said it's actually a pretty original idea on your part and right because you have the tnt belt you have the world the tag team belts and the ladies belt are the only ones left so what do you got three championship matches that's it yeah that's true that's true. Right? So, I mean, if you could have thrown on a New Japan, a uh, MLW, and an Impact, maybe, or I don't know, or, or had the, the Ring of Honor champion teams would be floating around defending the belt. You could have let them defend the belt on, it, on an AEW show. Actually, you know, it would have been interesting, actually, if Britt, instead of Riho, and this whole storyline seemed to come together because for some reason people didn't notice that she was not eliminated legitimately in that Battle Royal several months ago. Um, and this the storyline's been interesting in that Brett Baker's never pinned Riho, so they've done pretty well with that. But how cool would it have been if, and this goes into the example you're giving, uh, I think she'd have to win the belt back, which might happen by then, but what if Britt Baker's one of her own close friends, Deanna Perrazzo, comes out with, as the Impact Knockouts champion and challenges her? 
And they or, you know, Mickey J- I think Mickey James is NWA champion right now. Yeah. And you could have had her come out and be like, you know, I'm looking to defend my title against somebody. You know, give me a challenger. I don't know. Um, so they with the Danielson um, Hangman match, they announced judges. What did you think about that as a stipulation? <sighs> I was wondering what the stipulation would be when I heard the match was announced. Granted, at the time I had not watched the show. Now I have. And... My thought is this screams Ric Flair Sting Class of Champions 1 all over again. We're going to get a, another time limit draw and the judges are going to be split down the middle. I mean, I think they're throwing that in there to throw people off to think that's going to happen. I actually don't think that's what's going to happen here, but... I think I think you're right. They are. It's done. been done in the past. I think Hangman is going to come out 2-1 to one, and that's mm-hmm. going to give Danielson the opportunity to, to demand another title shot. Okay. I, I I don't know if you heard um, but Freddie. I was talking with Freddie, and I thought they should have done a submission match. And you know what? That at least would have been something. I think the problem there is then it screams, in some respects, Austin Brett again, where Austin wasn't known as a submission wrestler, and I don't think Page is either. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but I mean, that's okay. You can you if you do it right, you can copy. Yeah, yeah. Old 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 angles. You have to do it right. Well, it just all right. You got your time limit draw. Could we have done two out of three falls, or is it because? That one fall uh, didn't happen an hour, and now they feel like they have to do the judges as a tiebreaker. It's di- it's definitely different. It's something we haven't seen in I'd say what thirty years it's been since they did this. Yeah, probably since late eighties. It's been, it's been a long time. You can yeah. say over twenty years and be safe for sure. Yeah, so I mean, it would be interesting. It's interesting that they brought this up. I just kind of shaking my head, like for these two guys, we're going there already. I mean, if it was like a series of matches where they just couldn't get the winner, I get it. Like, if they would do two out of three falls, for example, in the rematch, but it's a one-hour time limit and it ends up one fall to one fall again, then I could see, all right, maybe we do the judges the third time. You know, you could do this over several shows, and at least they're doing that. But I just feel like it's too little too soon, and it's good for the hardcore historical fans. They're going to think, be thinking Sting Flair that entire match. Until what about maybe like a double knockout? Yeah, well, and then, you know, have the first match. They sh- maybe they should have had the first match end in like a double knockout or a double countout or something like that. That would have at least been something. Yeah, and I know. I think the problem is, and it's interesting, AEW always takes pride on the fact that they try to always have finishes. And it seems like Daniel Bryan's become the king of the non-finish for mm-hmm. AEW because there's two time limit draws already. Yeah, um, I, I mean, actually, you might be onto something. Maybe it should have been last man standing, something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't want like no DQ because I hate no DQ. Ma- I hate championship no DQ matches. Mm-hmm. It just screams interference. Well, and that's yeah, and that's the problem with my last man standing idea as well. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like it's too soon to be throwing. You know, if you did another match and the same thing happened again, then I could see going to that. But then you're gonna have the fans screaming, "Oh, we got two matches with no results." The only thing I'm thrilled about the fact with this rematch is I will be there live. I have tickets for that show. That's cool. Yeah, Jim Ross is returning next week, and I we for those of you that don't know, he's been getting treatment for a skin cancer issue. And it looks like he's going to come out of it. So that's great news. My thought is, the fan, a lot of fans are, let's, I'm going to be blunt, they're assholes about his commentary. He's not as sharp as he used to be and what have you. And I still love him on commentary. But I have to say, 
while he's been out, Shivani, Taz, and Excalibur, I think have been doing an excellent job. Do we still need a Jim Ross anymore? Does he need to be there? Or can I we... think they should pull Jim Ross out for the title matches. Make it more, make it more like an event when he does when he's calling the match. Mm-hmm. It's like a big event. I could see that. It's kind of like, and this is my thought, bringing this up. And you you hit it similar to what I was going to suggest. Maybe you only have him come out for pay-per-views. He's like Joe Rogan for the UFC. He only comes out for certain cards. Maybe not necessarily match. But you could do title matches like you suggested as well. I don't know. I just feel like they brought him in and the thought was he – I think it originally was anticipated that he was going to be kind of mentoring people. And I think he's got those people ready now. I think Excalibur holds it down very well. Taz is always entertaining. I mean Taz is hilarious – He's the heel commentator, but then when Ruby Soho comes out, he's singing her song and <laughs> what have you. And, you know, Tony Schiavone's, Tony you know, Schiavone. a legend. Yeah. yeah. I actually didn't mind Ricky Starks either. Yeah, Ricky and Ricky Starks, he knows he's not as good as the other guys, so he won't say as much, but he'll throw in those zingers here and there. Yeah. He's picked up well. He's not He's not overdoing it. Like, Jericho to me <laughs> overdoes it. That's Jericho. I, I know, actually... Jericho's- Shut up, Chris. You're over. You're talking too much. You know. So I get a kick out of Jericho personally. I think he's entertaining, but I could after a while. He's screaming nonstop. I'm like, all right, you could tone it down a little bit. We don't have to be excited about every single line we're spewing here. You know. Well, when you have Taz and him and Excalibur and Shivani, it's too many. Yeah. Rema- you can't go any more than three, in my opinion. Anything over that is is too many people trying to say too many things. Yeah. So it's basically like every rampage. Yeah. You know what, actually, maybe you could use Jim Ross in the Mark Henry rampage position. He'd do a much better job than, the time for talk is over. It's time for the main event. Mark Henry's such a waste of time. He is. <laughs> they are yes. paying him to do nothing. I'm like, he must be doing something for them backstage, because otherwise, if you're paying him just for that line, you're definitely you're definitely wasting your money. What a waste. Um, now, we were talking about, you know, we had the sp- surprise of, Kyle O'Reilly earlier this week on Dynamite. Um, now there's rumors about whether Johnny Gargano's bound for to be all elite. What do you think? I know this is your topic. I'm going to go back to what I was saying about the roster being really bloated. Like at some point, mm-hmm. they got to start letting people go. Yeah. And maybe, maybe a topic for next week would be the five people we think AEW should release. That might be too easy. <laughs> well, just go to every dark card and pick five guys. That's not, not well. I mean, look, everybody has everybody. You know, I don't look, really look at dark. Like dark to me is like they're developmental, so they can keep mm-hmm. who they want there. I'm talking about people that are showing up on TV every week. So maybe it should be the top five guys that gets or people that get screen time, but should. Well, get, it's the five to, the top five. AEW wrestlers that, that should be released and they're, and they're, one of the rules is they should be people that are, regularly appear on TV. Okay, that's fair. I mean, we can we can you know run that out to Freddie and see if he's interested, but I think I can come up with five names pretty easily. No, Freddie's not getting a say in this. We're doing it. <laughs> Screw him. All right, he's not here. He has to do what we tell him. Well, it's better than my idea. I was going to try to subject all of you to a, a watch along of the No Holds Barred Steel Cage match between Hogan and Beefcake against Zeus and Macho oh, King. I'm not watching that again. <laughs> I value my life too much to watch that. Oh, come on. Why have a normal Christmas when you can have a No Holds Barred Christmas? I can't believe that was a pay-per-view. Here's the movie. Here's the match. 
And that match was shorter than the SummerSlam main event when they ran that one. Anyway, um, all right, we're going to go spoiler alert here. Um, have you seen the results for this weekend's Rampage? I did not. Okay, maybe I shouldn't do this then. Never no, mind. go ahead. It's all right if it's out there. I just haven't seen it. That's all. Okay. I have a major problem with this, especially because of the reaction he's getting. Cody beats Sammy Guevara for the TNT title. Oh, I knew you were going to tell me that. When you, when, you, when you hesitated, I knew that's what you were going to say. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and what made it even worse was people are posting video of a confrontation he had with Hook after the show went off the air, and Hook apparently, I saw some of the footage, Hook slaps him across the face. And I noticed, and this this is a knock on 411 Mania, they didn't put spoiler alert in the heading, because in the video, very clearly, you see Cody with the belt on. And I was just like, you got to be effing kidding me. This guy's got the TNT title a third time, but he's got to be the first for that too. Especially with the nuclear heat he's getting. I'm like, does he think this is going to help that title? I- I'm assuming rematch in a few weeks at uh, Battle of the Belts, but otherwise I, I just – really? I don't know. I mean and- – uh... And, and then when the when the footage came out the where he has the confrontation with Hook, I was like, oh, that's right. Cody's got to face every newcomer as if he's initiating them and basically beat them and then end any momentum they have. Yeah. No, I'm not, not happy. That's for damn sure. Um, I don't understand why they don't want to pull the trigger on uh, on Cody because they're, they're really – AEW really listens to their fans. Right, and for some reason on this one they're they're holding they're holding serve, and I don't know why. You know, I mean, um, you got to be careful with that. I mean, you, you really got to be careful. I mean, there's something to be said. Like, there's there's different types of heat, right? MJF gets the best kind because mm-hmm. you want to tune in to watch him get his ass kicked. Yeah, right. And there's other guys that are just monsters, like a Wardlow, who get heat for just destroying you know preliminary guys right and then you get x-pac heat mm-hmm. right where people don't want to watch you right where people change the channel when you're on they'll, they'll come back when you're when you're done yeah and cody's getting to that point where people are going to start going in the other direction i think and, and it's sad I, it, look i'm not going to say he's the most talented guy on that roster he's not far from it but the kid's got enough talent that Done right, fans, and it showed when he, when AEW started. The fans were behind him. The fans appreciated him. They respected him. But I think fans are seeing through all this bullshit where he's got to be the first ever for everything. And he tries to make it as if he's trying to help the youth of wrestling. But he beats all of them. And I get that the more experienced guy should beat the younger inexperienced people some of the time. But it's like happens all the time. Who's really getting anything out of this? I mean, even he did the two jobs to Malachi Black. And I if I remember correctly, he eventually got the comeuppance on that in the end. So it's like, when is it going to stop? Get over yourself. You know? I mean, you know, my other my other problem is um, Sammy was having like four-star four matches. Yeah. What a slap Every on the face week. to him. Every week. And now you've just decided that, you know, you're going to have him lose to Cody. You know, I don't know. I just don't understand the uh, the point. I would have let Sammy run a little further with this and and yep. and put the belt on. I don't know who at that point. You got to build up someone who you, who you think would be a, a legitimate champion. But 
I guess because Cody can't win the main belt, they're going to have to keep giving him this one. They don't have to do anything. Let them well, work behind the scenes. I mean, come on. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, you could have even had Sammy and Cody. This match could have ended in some sort of schmazz and you've done the rematch at Battle of the Belts. But when I when I saw the footage, that I was like, already? Really? I mean, I when they first announced the match, I was like, really? They're going to give Sammy a win over Cody? No, I was wrong there. Good thing we didn't do picks for this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, we all would have picked Sammy, I think. <laughs> well, I don't know. I might have picked Cody because I'd have been like, well, you know, they're gonna. They, this is how they Cody treats everybody. Yeah. So I don't know. All right. I don't well, know. You, you know, ruined what? my weekend. You ruined my Christmas. Thank you. Sorry, but <laughs> but I'm gonna make it better. I'm gonna see you the next day. So. Are you though? <laughs> <laughs> no you comment, sir. Huh? Did you get me something? Maybe. Um, I yeah, I'll be happy. No, I'm no. Happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, no, I'm going to spread the rumor right now. The reason why Cody put himself over Sammy is because he was punishing Sammy for what he did to that poor young lass that he broke the engagement off with. And the next thing you know, Ty Conti is going to end up losing left and right because supposedly they're having an, uh, a hot, passionate romance right now. Mm. You know what? If Sammy was, know. if if Sammy was. Sticking it in her cunt e, I'd be high fiving him, not punishing him. Yes, I went there. Nobody wanted you to. That was a problem. Okay, <laughs> let's go down to our uh, ECW Mount Rushmores. All right. So, how do you want to do this? Do you want to do one at a time? Do you want to just read off your list and give your explanations? I don't have any deep explanation, but um, Freddie did send us his Mount Rushmore. He didn't between- give any explanation, though, so he's in trouble next week. <laughs> I was going to text him and be like, bro, we need more reasons. But Fred, All right, he- so why don't, we do, why don't we do one at a time then? Okay. All right, so why don't you kick us off? All right. All right, well, first off, Freddie, Freddie's first Mount Rushmore item, um, he wanted to make it very clear, fuck Tommy Dreamer. That's why he's not on this list. We know how okay. Freddie hates Tommy Dreamer because Tommy Dreamer rejected us. All right, he's going to hate my list then. All right, so uh, go ahead. He'll probably so, so Freddie. Freddie's first one is he. He's well. His his dishonorable mention is Tommy Dreamer. So who's his first choice? All right, his first choice is Raven. Okay, Raven. All right, so go ahead. Who's your first choice? Uh, Freddie. Lack of context. Freddie. Lack of context. Well, I'm going to be honest. I actually, for once, did not have a lot of reasoning behind mine. I'm going to wing it. But um, there's lack of context on mine. So my ECW Mount Rushmore was. I felt like it, I felt like this was actually my toughest list of the Mount Rushmores. I felt like WCW and WWE. I had the names in my head within seconds for the most part, at least for three of them. ECW. I was kind of brainstorming with you, and I realized, holy shit, there's way more choices here than I thought. Yeah. So, so who's your first? <laughs> he's like, shut up, Anthony, and get to it. Well, I mean, my criteria is really. You know, they had to represent ECW. They had to be the guys that the fans, whether love them or hate them, they respected them. They re- they represented t- the what Extreme was. Um, and I kind of went with the longevity route as a tiebreaker because there were guys, uh, there was one guy specifically I wanted to include, but I felt like longevity-wise, he wasn't that, he didn't really reflect everything that was ECW back in the day. So my three, I had three honorable mentions, and I think I'm going to shock you with these. Um, first off is Freddie's first pick, Raven. He was an honorable mention for me. Uh, Shane Douglas and Taz. And Taz was the one, Taz is the one I had a hard time putting as an honorable mention because I love Taz. 
I became a huge mark of his when he was champion. But I just didn't feel like all-time ECW Mount Rushmore, he was there. I felt like he he was popular for you know a little phase there, but then he went to WWF almost immediately, and he was injured for a while, which didn't help. So um, Now, my first one is the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, death-defying Sabu. He made my Mount Rushmore. He was there almost the entire run. Former ECW champion, former FTW champion. Just did some crazy shit. Uh, barbed wire matches and what have you. Um, he really exemplified the extreme um, in his style. So he was my first guy. Okay. So my honorable mentions, uh, Raven, Taz, Jerry Lynn. Uh, I put the Dudleys. I know it's two guys, but the Dudleys to me were a personification of uh, ECW. Just incredible. Lance Storm, Shane Douglas, Candido, and Mick Foley. All right, and I can eliminate each one of those guys for different reasons, but I'll stick to my list. The first one on my list was the Sandman. You heard and you heard the first strains of Enter Sandman. You knew who was coming out. You knew it was going to take him 20 minutes to get to the ring. Um, and really, um, in my opinion, an underrated worker. He did not look like an athlete. He didn't even perform like an athlete, but he could do some of the moves that RVD did. And, um, you know, could could do off the rope moves and uh, was willing to put his body on the line night after night. You know, uh, most of the time ending up in the ring bloody before uh, he even got to the ring from slamming the beer into his head. And uh, no one's ever used a Singapore cane better. So my first choice is the Sandman. All right, no excellent choice. Um, we'll probably be coming back to him. Is all I'm going to say. So, Freddy's next pick was Sabu. Uh, don't have any context on that. I'm imagining it's the same reasons. Same reasons. So, so who's yours? Uh, sorry, Freddy. My my third pick was Tommy Dreamer. Um, he was, I mean, he was the innovator of violence. He was really the heart and soul of ECW. You know, thick and thin, Tommy Dreamer was there, beginning to end. Didn't leave for another company until ECW was long gone and in the rearview mirror. Did so much for them behind the scenes. I mean, I, I and I met the guy in person. He was, I mean, he was nice enough when I was giving him my money. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, all right, he was a POS to us, but I, I, I can't doubt his accomplishments and what he meant to that company. Okay. Um, I also have Tommy Dreamer as my second. Okay. Uh, for all the reasons you said, uh, the fact that he got Beulah is is my additional uh, thumbs up to Tommy. Um, had Francine in his corner, had Kimona Wanalea in his corner. So, I mean, the man did pretty well for himself. And like you said, I think, I think what people don't realize is all the things he did backstage, mm-hmm. right? He was running the show, getting the ring set up, booking the matches, uh, everything. So you, you can't personal feelings aside, like him or hate him. You have to put Tommy dreamer up there. Yeah. I mean, the heart of the guy, I mean, when he wasn't getting over as the pretty boy, the whole cane sequence, the 10 cane mm-hmm. shots. He tried to find a way to endear himself to the fans, and he did it, you know? Took two Jimmy Snuka splashes off the top rope. The only mm-hmm. man that's ever – and not and kicked out. The third one finally put him down, but he was the only man at that point that had taken two suicide dives and was not pinned. Yeah. So big deal at the time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so who's next? All right, so Freddy's second was – Taz, the human wrecking machine, 
Or, okay. or, or no, I'm sorry. He was human suplex machine in ECW, right? I'm getting them mixed up. But beat me if I can, survive if I'd let you. Uh, my number two was actually a guy you mentioned already. It was the Sandman for all the reasons you said. Uh, but he was like he was like a cultural icon in the world of extreme. Mm-hmm. As you said, sang his theme left and right. He was not flashy in the ring. He really wasn't. But the fans got completely behind him. And it takes a special kind of somebody to actually have Vince McMahon make an effort to try to get you over on the level he did. I mean, he really, by the time he got to WWE, his best days were far behind him. He wasn't really that good. And Vince, like, was enamored by him for whatever reason, unlike most of the extremists that got brought in for that new run. Yeah. Um, I mean, hardcore hack notwithstanding. Sandman, oh, that, we can forget about that. Yeah, but Sandman, you know, he exemplified everything that the ECW fans loved. All right, my number three is R-B-D. Tag Team with Sabu, longest reigning uh, television champion of all time, had five-star matches with Jerry Lynn. Um, always still a, still a fan. I wish I wish RVD was still around. Yeah. Um, I've always been a fan of him when he joined WWE. I mean, he was really the only guy... Other than maybe Mick Foley, who joined from ECW and was really given a main event type push, mm-hmm. it's a shame. And beat John Cena, thank you very much. Uh, it's a shame, you know. It's funny now if he got caught with pot, I don't think it'd be such a big deal. But at the time, he got caught smoking pot, and they, you know, they stripped him of the titles. He had the ECW and the WWE title at the same time, and got a really short run out of them. Yep. But and to me, could have done a lot longer. Done things in the ring that a lot of people still can't do. Yeah. Right, and a guy like John Morrison owes his career to a guy like RVD. Yeah. All right. So, no surprise there. That was Freddie's next pick. That was my pick as well, for all mm-hmm. the reasons you said. I mean, he was the whole fucking show. Rob fan, damn, uh, the longest TV champion of all time, and probably would have been ECW champion in the first run had it not been for the company shutting down. And I think remember, he also he also broke his ankle. Yeah, they were about to give him a, a TV. Uh, I think they were going to give him a championship run, and he broke his ankle. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Well, that was it with the TV title. He never actually got pinned for it. It was the yep. ankle injury. Yep. But I mean, he was this guy that even as a heel, he the fans just went nuts for him. You know, there was just something about his style. He was so unique, so different. Not just was his wrestling, but just his charisma, his character himself. And let's be honest. I'm sure Vince never got it. Why do the fans love ECW and RVD specifically? But he made them put him into a spot. And unfortunately, I don't even think it was necessarily the fact that he got caught with pod and drug paraphernalia in his car with Sabu. I think what made it worse is it made national news because he was their champion. Well, I mean, that's what happens, right? Yeah. I mean, because look, how many times, for example, did Eddie Guerrero get in trouble? Yeah. You know, but he wasn't yep. the world champion at the time. So, um, and that really leaves your number one. Well, th- not necessarily my number one, my next choice. Your next choice. Sabu. Yeah. Um, you can't say ECW without Sabu. Um, as much as you can make a case for Raven, Taz, and Shane Douglas, it, to me, it, it's Sabu. And you could even make a case for Nick Mick Foley because some of the he did cut some of the best promos ever mm-hmm. in wrestling ever while he was there. 
But again, his run was so short there. Yeah. But um, like you said, Sabu was there from the beginning to the end. I mean, he was there when they were Eastern Championship Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And even the short, you know, uh, short trip into WCW and WWE, he was still the extreme, the most homicidal, suicidal, genocidal wrestler. And uh, you know, he he. All the all the moves you're seeing now, the planches and all that stuff, Taz, uh, Sabu was doing it 20 years ago. Yep. You know, any any time anybody does anything with a chair, that was all Sabu. And I'll never, the one the one image I'll never forget is him wrestling Terry Funk in a barbed wire match, and him laying in the barbed wire, and the and you can see his clothes are being torn off of him. Yep. Because it was real barbed wire. They didn't use the gimmick stuff. Yeah. And watching him like put crazy glue in his cuts, just close them so he can keep wrestling. I mean, that's a man who's dedicated to his craft. Yeah. So Sabu would be my last choice, no doubt. There was something about ECW with their old over-the-top violence that it, like, fit into the storylines. It wasn't, like, forced like you see with, like, a combat zone wrestling, for example, um, or a combat zone wrestling, or GCW um, it seems like they got to go out of their way to try to just shock the crap out of you. Where ECW felt like it was it had to happen because it was part of the storyline. Um, so I thought it was much more better. But nobody did it better, really, than Sabu with some you of the know, crazy they, shit he did. They also used blood sparingly. Yeah, not for an extreme wrestling organization. Not everybody bled all the time. It wasn't necessary. Yep, but. A purist would argue most of their matches ended up with weapons outside of the ring, not mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily following the rules, but you know what? So what? That's what made ECW so great. When you heard the the gangsters music come on, you were like, Oh shit, this is gonna go sideways fast. Yeah. Right? And the the Eliminators, I mean, they had some really, really great talent come through there. Um the you know, I mentioned the Dudleys, um, no gimmicks needed. Chris Candido was always him and when him and Lance Storm were tag team and were fighting as much as they were tag teaming. I mean, they always there was always something cool going on there. And I remember, you know, getting up, having setting my VCR to tape it because it was on at two o'clock in the morning on MSG. Yeah. And getting up on Sunday morning and making sure I watched it, you know, because I couldn't stay. I was usually too tired. I'd fall asleep when two o'clock. Right? Maybe I'd be still out, or I'd just be getting in, and I would just tape it and watch it the next day. Yeah. Um. But I loved ECW, every minute of it. And uh, those four guys I mentioned were the main reasons why. Yeah, well, and you mentioned the Dudleys at one point. Um, Joel Gertner, the quintessential uh, Studmuff, and didn't do anything but <laughs> his, his intros. Oh, he just, did everything. Yeah. The Dudleys, with their, their match would they'd come out, and 40 minutes later, they might be wrestling. <laughs> and it was all because of Gertner's rhymes and Bubba Ray Dudley fighting with people in the crowd, and I never see anything like it. And it was everywhere you went. I saw them wrestle in a high school, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, they're going to tone it down there in a high school. Oh, no, 40 minutes later, they were calling people all kinds of names and cursing and threatening to fight, whatever. I mean, by the time they got in the ring, it was like the crowd was ready to kill them. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this, no, no matter where they happen to be, they're not doing it for TV. They're doing it right in front of me. Yeah. You know, and I was legitimately afraid to go near Taz. Because he, he, I mean, I was probably taller than he was, but he looked like he could kill you. T- Taz and Steve Austin are two guys I want to meet in person, but I'd be afraid to. Although I think Steve Austin's a little bit soft enough that it wouldn't be such a big deal. Taz, Taz just seems like he's pissed off at everybody all the time. Right? Taz looks like if you looked at him funny, he'd beat the crap out of you. Like, you know, did you want fries with that? 
There's no salt on these. What? Boom, boom, smash, bang. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> there was a Taz Sabu match that was on one of those early ECW on TNN shows. Um, and it was like they brawled through the crowd. And one of my friends, who was a huge Taz Mark, jumped over five people just to touch Taz. And Taz kind of looked over his shoulder back at him after he did it, like he was going to break his neck. I yep. kind of wish he, kind of wish he did. But anyway. <laughs> wow. Okay. Hey, see what you want. You're happening to your enemies. All right. Well. All right. So actually. Your topic for next week, I think we should take it a step further. Maybe not next week, but the week after. Top five guys WWE should fire. Well, that would be every, they fired everyone that's left. So I mean, come on now. I, I got a couple. I, I I got a couple names right off the bat I could throw out well, there. But anyway, all right. So are we not doing a show next week? Is that what you're saying? Are we off next week? I'm open if you are, folks. We'll see what happens. Let's put it that I'm way. I'm available next week. I'm so. available too, and we also have WWE Day One picks that we'd have. To, All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have to suffer through. Yeah. So, all right. So, we're, we're probably going to do a show next week. Okay. So we'll give you the top five guys AEW should get rid of or gals. Um, and top five wrestlers. Top five AEW wrestlers you should part with. And maybe we should also do top five. We could also do top five WWE possibly if Freddie's in. And you think we could do it? Because I don't think there's going to be a lot of news otherwise. All right. Well, let's play it by ear. Let's see what happens. Okay. So we'll definitely give you AEW next week. Um, for those of you that celebrate, we want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Uh, enjoy your time with your families. And thank you for listening to us every week. We want you to continue to spread the word, feed the frenzy. So it's the Sports Frenzy podcast on social media, and except for Twitter, where it's Sports Frenzy Pod on the Twitter. And we want to wish you all Merry Christmas again. And we will see you either, if not next week, we'll see you in the new year. Peace. Peace.